And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight, we are going to do a program on the vine of death called Ayahuasca. It is a beautiful, sacred medicine, and it's something that I've done six times. It's had a profound, positive impact on my life. And the very first person I did it with was Stuart Wilde, metaphysical teacher, favorite author. It was pretty surreal, actually. And, you know, sat down, and he poured the medicine into a shot glass. He says, come on, bro, just do a shot of ayahuasca. Well, I didn't know until months later that uh, I guess I took a heroic dose about it. I guess he wanted to make sure I got the full effects. But the first time I did it, it was it was definitely life changing. I mean, I just I felt there was a lot of frequencies and energies surrounding me, and I knew that it had some kind of life changing effect. I didn't know what it was, but I can tell you that about 25 days after I, I did the the journey, if you want to call it that, I met my wife. So she happened to pop into my life. The person I was searching for my whole life happened to show up 25 days later after taking ayahuasca. And I would notice that after the second and third time I did ayahuasca, I couldn't eat meat anymore. I, my body was completely rejecting it. And if I did have meat, I would feel incredible anxiety and fear. I was actually, I think, feeling the pain and suffering of the animals that were being you know, killed, I, so I just stopped. And also my body stopped uh, accepting cigarettes. I was smoking a pack and a half a day at one point. And then my body just rejected it. It, it just said no longer. Like, it wasn't like I stopped smoking and, and you know, I went through this program. It just, my body just said no, it just, it just promptly stopped. When you take it, it typically lasts between, I'd say four to six hours. Some people will say that it's psychedelic. Some people will have intense visualizations. But I think what you're doing is that you are kind of docking with a frequency. You're, you're, you are um, having a, a direct interaction with a consciousness, a beautiful consciousness. I believe it's part of Gaia. And the medicine is teaching you. It's teaching you about you. It's, it's showing you. It's healing you. It's, it's taking you places where I guess you need to be at that particular time. And it is not something that I recommend that you do for recreational or for fun, where you just you know get a bunch of people together and say, "Oh, let's do ayahuasca," you know, listen to some music. No, it's 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 sacred. Find somebody who's very strong that you trust, that you love, that you respect, and have them be the person that that has experience with this, and have them lead you and guide you. Because one of the hardest things in doing is that you're going to have to let go. You're going to have to completely let go. And kind of be at the mercy, actually be at the mercy of this medicine, because you don't know where it's going to take you. I've had a couple experiences on it where it's been beautiful and peaceful. I felt like I was in four or five different dimensions at once. I experienced a, a lot of crying at one point. I don't know why it was happening, but I just think it was wonderful. I knew that it was it was soothing and healing. And at other points, I was confronting a lot of uh, fear and uh, dark sides of me that I wasn't aware of, and those were, were pretty tough. Those were uh, you know very hard. Some people I know that have done it, they've walked in and they've seen angels and they've seen uh, dark aspects of, of visualizations. But, you know, ayahuasca isn't for everyone. So if you do it, terrific. If you don't, that's fine too. Whatever path you need to go on to get to where you need to be is the path that you go on to where you need to be. But we have two incredible featured guests tonight. They have experience in it and they're going to teach you more information about ayahuasca. So, let us begin tonight's program. Our guest today is metaphysical event coordinator, Mr. Tom Lishman. Mr. Lishman, welcome to the program. Hi, hi Ryan. It's a real pleasure to be uh, with you today. Same here. Now, Tom, 
a lot of people, when they wake up in the morning, they go to a nine to five job or they go about a ho-hum life. But you seem to have an interesting life in the sense that you're always traveling. And not only are you always traveling, you are bringing people in communication, in contact with what uh, many regard as the most powerful uh, soul healing medicine. Can you please tell us a little bit about your background and how you came in contact with this medicine, which will let you know is ayahuasca. Well, many years ago, well over 30 years ago, uh, I was introduced to the books of Stuart Wilde. And um, I read them avidly and sort of practiced uh, what, he, what he preached. Uh, many years later, I um, decided to go along to one of his seminars in France in 2006. And uh, as a result of that, met him and we became good friends. And uh, uh, he basically invited me uh, to help coordinate some of his businesses. And that included uh, uh, leading on the logistics for workshops that he held in Ecuador. Uh, and those uh, Ecuadorian workshops were ayahuasca workshops where he invited a uh, shaman along. Uh, and basically, I had to do the logistics, invite the people in and make sure that they were well looked after. Um, that continued for uh, a number of years, uh, and then Stuart suggested that uh, I take over the, 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 the whole side of that thing and start taking people to uh, Holland, to um, S South America, particularly Ecuador and Peru, uh, and give them the experience that would fast track them on the metaphysical journey. Okay. And when you were doing this, what was your first experience with this medicine? <laughs> Well, it, it was uh, it was actually in Amsterdam um, uh, in 2000, early, very early 2007. And uh, I had the opportunity to go into a very what was claustrophobic environment. There was no garden to visit or anything uh, which you get in Ecuador and Peru and some of the other lovely venues around South America. America. Uh, and I was really catapulted in at the deep end with 30 other people. And it was uh, a, a quite amazing visionary experience, uh, which was um, life changing. Uh, you know, not only had uh, Stuart's work been life changing for me, but this really captivated my uh, imagination. And I found it to be a, a deeply spiritual and healing experience. So what happened? Uh, 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 well, all I can say is the uh, visual kaleidoscope and the the physical and mental healing that uh, happened during the four to five hours that I was there and then again the following night. Um, where do I begin? Um, basically, I traveled back in time throughout my whole life, um, relived situations both positive and negative in my life and was able to step back in a detached way and review where I'd done things right and where I'd done things wrong. Where I had done things wrong, I was blessed to be able to let go of that, forgive myself, so that I could then go forward in life without that emotional um, uh, and mental baggage. Um, one of the very most interesting things was um, during the course of the evening, these uh, bunch of little four to five inch men uh, sort of climbed onto my body and gave me a blood transfusion or it wasn't obviously a physical blood transfusion, but it was a, 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 an astral, a, a visionary blood transfusion. And uh, I was very amused by this, but obviously that was uh, uh, symbolic of, of the cleansing and the going back to uh, a purer way of living. So what were they cleansing you from? You said you were able to go back and live your life. Are you talking and saying that you actually had what, like, what people re recall as a life review where you saw your life and you saw how every one of your actions impacted another? What was the – Absolutely. Look so, so basically, my, my understanding of the blood transfusion was just to say, right, okay, you are no longer that person anymore. You don't have to hold on to that. You know, every, every day, every hour, every minute that goes by, we are a completely different person to the, the one we were a few seconds before. And it was a, just a great teaching in saying, you can now let go of all of this. You don't have to hanker on to the past. You don't have to feel guilty about the past because you can go forward as a, as a, 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 a cleansed, I suppose, human being in, in a positive, loving way. Okay. Now, when you're saying cleansing, so you're cleansing, you're, you're ridding yourself of all these previous pent-up um, attachments to negative things. 
what is um yeah. what is ultimately the what was the goal for you to continue to take the medicine and what is the goal for most people to engage in the medicine well at, at the time you know stuart stuart had really recommend this as a fast track to understanding the metaphysical world so my motivation at the time was to actually look at um, ways of being able to uh, understand the physical, the metaphysical worlds that he spoke about. But once I'd taken ayahuasca, I realized that this was not just going to be a, a weekend uh, of, of work. This could be a lifetime of work. And I, I basically uh, traveled around the world for several years to various parts of the world um, uh, attending ayahuasca ceremonies with many, many different shamans. And um, I realized that this work is not only a deep level work on a cleansing on this lifetime, but multiple lifetimes. And uh, this is not only lifetimes going backwards, but it's also lifetimes going forward. And this is why, you know, one of the, as, as I understand it, and I, I'm still sort of scratching the surface when it comes to all of this wonderful work. The, the way I understand it is ayahuasca is called under one of its many titles, the vine of the soul. And it's a way of humanity, each and every one of us, going deep down into what makes us tick deep inside our soul and to be able to repair the damage that has been caused, not only in this lifetime, but in the lifetimes that we have lived in the past. I need to pause you there for one second, please. Yep. When you're saying cause the damage, what damage is caused? Is it caused by our engaging in what's known as sin? Is it our engaging in um, activities that are seen as negative? What damage do you accumulate? Well, basically, uh, we all have a choice in life, whether, you know, and we all, we all uh, have a, a, a way of measuring um, uh, the level of positive and negative energy uh, that goes through our life. When you do a positive energy, which is helping somebody, trying to heal somebody, um, loving somebody, you are raising the vibrational level, not only of you, but of your, your, your family and your ancestors and your future children. Uh, when you carry out a negative um, uh, emotional thing, um, act or, or a physical act, you're basically lowering that vibrational level. Um, I was reading very, very recently something that resonated with me uh, very deep down. Um, within our DNA structure is recorded every single action that we ever do, uh, whether it is positive or negative. And there's no going away. It's not a big brother that's looking at us and judging us and say that we won't go to heaven or we're going to go to hell if we, we do these things. But it's basically deeply imprinted within our DNA. And it's our DNA that as we raise its vibrational level is going to transcend humanity to the next level. At the moment, we're ticking along on, say, third gear. However, there will come a time when humanity's DNA, as it's changed by each person, understanding that the more positivity that we can put into our DNA and our emotions, the better, that we will raise to the next level and there will be a new dawn for humanity that is positive and uh, loving and full of grace. So when you're, am I get this correct? When you are doing this, you are healing your soul and you're also healing humanity as well? Well, um, I, I personally believe that. I believe that you're helping to heal the generations, both past and present. And as a result of that, of your collective healing of your soul, your DNA structure, that you are helping to take um, humanity to the next level by uh, allowing it to detach from all that negativity that is, 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 is keeping it close to the ground and not letting it fly. Okay, and you also had mentioned the idea that you're working on your past, present, and future lifetimes. Yes. How, yeah. So I'm going to try to ask you a question. I'm trying to put this in a perspective of somebody who's trying to grasp the idea of eternity. So if you apparently correct me if I'm wrong, if you are in eternity, yeah, you all the lifetimes that you will live, have lived in the past or lived in the future are already complete. Is that correct? He that yes, um, the way Stuart explained it is that you know this infinity of us is a Mobius strip and it's going around the circle of eight all the time. So everything is not only the future, it's the present and the past at the same time. Okay, so 
if you are doing or engaging and working with the medicine, do yeah. you think that there's a possibility that you may have you may not have to have more lifetimes in the future because you are advancing your evolution in this lifetime? Well, if you look at on, on it on a, a completely three-dimensional linear phase, yes, that is that is very, very possible. However, as it's a Mobius strip, you're always going to have those lifetimes going concurrently. So there's, it's a sort of like a balancing act and a leveling act out through the lifetimes. So you reach that eventual, you know, that, that continuous state of grace. Okay. Now, there are people who are... I guess we call them throughout the world who think that ayahuasca is, you know, it's acid or it's a drug or it's something that, you know, you have to be really careful with. And it's they're really kind of discounting and dismissing it. What is what are some of the common um, misconceptions about ayahuasca that you hear a lot of people talk about? Well, the, the first thing is it, it's um, uh, classified by many people as uh Similar to a street drug, um, something that you can buy on a Friday night, you'd go down the pub, etc. Ayahuasca, in its current format, taken as a liquid that is the, one of the most disgusting tastes in the world, uh, will never be known as a Friday night down the pub uh, um, uh, 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 drug. Um, it is a, a, a universal intelligence that is tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years old. And um, just by going through the sacred ceremonial um, space and going and doing this is completely different than being able to get your quick fix on the corner um, in, in any way. Um, and it's very, very sad that, that it's... Um, seen by certain people and demonized um, uh, as as uh, something that is 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 negative um, especially when you you look at the the results of people being able to review their life reflect on their lives uh, and make decisions life-changing decisions that no, not only improve the quality of their life but the people uh, around them and what would you say to some of those positive things how is that how does it improve or can improve your life? Uh, what, have, what experiences and your experience, you work with so many people who have taken it. What have you noticed as to be some of the more profound changes? Um, first of all, it's um, there, there, there are many changes. Uh, first of all is a belief in oneself, um, not feeling lost, um, uh, uh, understanding that fear is, is our prime motivator in day-to-day -day life and once you can overcome that fear then you that liberates you to achieve virtually anything that you want to in life uh, um, mankind's primal fear is the fear of death and um, ayahuasca is a, a very very good way it can actually take you uh, and show you what death is about and once you understand that um, Death is actually something that we have created as a fear, a blockage. We, we fear this hidden doorway. Uh, and we realize that, that as human beings, we exist and we come from the astral bodies. We live this life. And we may live it many, many times. And we go back to the astral body. But we continue to exist. There is no off switch to existence. And, and once we realize that and somebody realizes that, it means that they can just put death, as Stuart said, he, he liked to put little, you know, he, he used to like to acknowledge death, put it in a little box and just get on with his life. And once you can actually focus on living rather than dying, then you can basically achieve anything that you want to in your life. Okay. And sorry, my... Just like a pause there for one second. Mm -hmm. um, you said that death is a creation by humans. Why would humans create it? How did you? Can you just say that? Is there was there well, ever a point at one point in time where humans did not have to experience that? That they could just jump to another evolution without having? Um, I, I really really can't say that. But this 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 fear that that death is is fine uh, is final and nothing happens after that, or you go to some place where you're going to uh, uh, spend years in purgatory or hell or heaven, um, is 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 something that is a perception here uh, whilst we're here in 3D. 
um, you know, the fact, you know, from from my perspective and what I have been shown is that, you know, we just pass through and we continue to exist uh, and um, our, our lives continue in a beautiful way. Right. And how have you been shown or gained access to what an advanced evolution would be beyond the 3D realm? I've been shown a number of things, um, all of which are possible. Okay. You look at 3D right now, you think that people are in a physical body. What is the next uh, jump in terms of evolution for humanity beyond 3D? What is the next phase of evolution once you graduate from the uh, physical realm? Um, well, the way one of the things I've been shown is is, is a state of grace and un, unconditional love. Um, the 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 doorway that we go through is, is basically something that will only is a filter, and it will only allow certain energies and feelings to go through. And those energies and feelings are based on unconditional love and everything that comes from the heart. Uh, they say that um, in life that um, any action that comes from the heart will blossom and flourish and be eternal, whereas any action that comes from anywhere else, whether it be anger, jealousy, hatred or whatever, will wither and perish. And the way it's been shown to me is that once we go through the doorway, only love continues, and that is unconditional love. What about people who tend to have a lot of negativity or tend to, say, engage in activities and behaviors that we would consider repulsive, such as pedophilia, such as murder? Um, what happens to those individuals? Just out of you know, curiosity, because I'm sure most people would want to know like, what happens if you, if you rack it up a lot of negativity in your life. Well, unfortunately, I haven't been shown that. I've only been shown that the, 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 the love goes through and uh, Stuart had a, had a very interesting saying he said um, can you have tea with Hitler without making him wrong can you have tea with Hitler and not mention the war um, and he pointed out that even Hitler loved his dogs so I think everybody takes some form of love with uh, with them through them through through the doorway okay and I want to talk a little bit more about the ceremony itself. If somebody yeah. were to engage this ceremony and to partake in it, what is the comparable difference between working with you or having uh, working with you on this and working with a shaman? I mean, there be, maybe pure people are curious, but they don't know who to go to. How would they know where to go? And what's the difference between uh, your ceremony and uh, the traditional type of ayahuasca ceremonies? Um, right. There are traditional ayahuasca ceremonies, such as the ones run in Brazil, Peru, etc. Uh, these are based on um, uh, ceremonies uh, with um, uh, a shaman leading, serving the medicine, um, singing ikaros and playing instruments. Um, uh, and they are shamans. Um, and these are people I deeply respect and I work with and I go and study with. I would never call myself a shaman because this is, you know, something that happens over years and years of training. You know, I've been training a while now, but uh, as, as, as Stuart used to call himself, he, uh, you know, I, I prefer to call myself a facilitator, somebody who is there to create um, a, a, a space where people can come in and surrender to the medicine and um, reach uh, the, and, and receive the maximum benefit uh, from the medicine. Um, the ceremonies that I'm involved in all re uh, include recorded music from all around the world, uh, live music, songs. They include shamanic ikaros or sacred medicine songs at the same time. So you really have a blend of many, many different traditions um, rather than one singular uh, tradition uh, based in South America or North America or Northern Europe or uh, the Far East. All right. So, in but but the emphasis the emphasis is on creating a caring, uh, safe, and loving environment with um, uh, uh, individuals who are assistants there and myself being there to assist the person, any person. Um, at any time during the uh, the ceremony. So, where would a, why would a person need assistance for any particular reason? And when does everyone kind of see the same exact thing? Like, what are some of the visuals that a person may expect? What are some of the feelings that a person can expect to uh, have 
if they take the medicine and they've never done it before? Uh, right. Well, well, first of all, um, the medicine works differently for everybody. Um, no person's experience, uh, you know, is, is the same. Um, sometimes people will come along and uh, the medicine will be uh, will treat them physically. Uh, you know, people read on the uh, Internet that there'll be a, a kaleidoscope of visionary things. And, and it's sometimes that doesn't happen. And the reason being is that the medicine is working on the physical blockages in, in your body. It's working on the mental side and it's there and, it, and, it, and its healing is a, a reflective way of looking at your lives, etc. Um, sometimes uh, it's completely visionary and almost overwhelmingly and beautifully visionary. Uh, and that is a, 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 a um, healing, but quite overwhelming at times. And sometimes in that case, that's when we, we need to go over and sort of just sit with somebody, hold their hand and just be with them to ensure that the, 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 the energy that comes with the medicine is not overpowering for them. Okay. And when you've done this, how are you able to assist another person when you yourself are taking the medicine? Well, um, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. People, a lot of people say to me, how, how can you actually function when you're taking the medicine? Um, I suppose you have a calling for it or not. There are certain people that, that are able to function when they're on the medicine. And there's other people who just have to sit down or lie down and receive the blessing and the teaching of the medicine. Um, very, very early on, um, I was able to be an assistant and I was assistant in many, many ceremonies for a, a considerable period of time and then I was invited in order to become a facilitator and uh, undergo uh, shamanic training. Okay and what does some of your shamanic training entail? Um, well, um, it, it's many things. Obviously, I've been with a number of shamans. It, it entails going into the uh, into the jungle, uh, going on these um, uh, long um, periods of reflection, uh, taking ayahuasca in the jungle and also other plant medicines in the form of what is called a dieta. Uh, and this creates a very, very deep connection with the plant. And it's, it's something that we, we offer and is offered by shamans to not, not only um, uh, people who are, are training, who would like to uh, experience and be able to work with the medicine, but for people who are, have a, a very intimate contact with the medicine and want to go further and connect further. Uh, and we take groups to uh, Peru uh, uh, in order for them to do that. Don't you ever get afraid when you're doing this? I mean, when you're doing this, you're 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 leaving you you're leaving it up to, to chance. But don't you don't you ever get afraid, especially when you're out in the middle of the jungle, someplace you know really far from civilization? Well, um, I, I will be completely honest. When I first started made, uh, taking the medicine, and for many many times, and I've taken the uh, uh, the medicine hundreds of times now, um, I always uh, had. Uh, a period of fear before and just at the start of, ta uh, of a ceremony after taking the medicine that, 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 that then just dissipated. And that was out of a very, very deep respect for the medicine. Um, but uh, in the recent uh, training that I've done this year and the previous year, uh, um, that, that sense of fear has, has gone away. Uh, and I'm now able to um, just basically immerse myself completely in the medicine and at the same time immerse myself in the either holding the ceremony or supporting the ceremony depending on what my role is okay and for people who take it um, you know they don't know whether what direction or what experience they're going to have what are some of the defining qualities of a person who's having let's say a celestial experience what are some of the defining qualities of a person who's having let's say a, a, a tough a time with it what are, well, what are some of the common like lessons that the medicine is trying to teach them? Well, with the, with this uh, with the celestial side of that, it is just showing you the the paradigms and the other worlds that are there, and it just shows the beauty of not only Mother Earth, Gaia, and the universe, and our, our, where we stand in it, and and the healing that is coming to it. When it's a challenging time, it's normally when somebody uh, isn't surrendering to the medicine uh, fully. Uh, it's it's also when they are shown 
elements of their life, specifically in, the, in their three, uh, the, this, this, this lifetime or previous lifetimes, where they have perhaps acted not in the best interests of themselves and the other people in their lives. And that can be a, quite a challenging um, uh, experience for them. And that's when, you know, uh, we, we are available and we will go there and sit with them and help them through the process. Uh, that said, though, the, you know, the challenging um, uh, uh, aspects of a journey are normally the most healing of the lot. And people, after having gone through a slightly challenging time, will talk about it either after the ceremony or the following day and say how totally beneficial that experience f was for them because it, it allowed them to let go and get rid of things that didn't serve them. You, I love that uh, you write a lot of things down or you see certain things when you're on the medicine and you sometimes because you've had a vision or been shown some information about what may or may not happen in humanity. What are some of the more uh, compelling uh, visions or um, information that you've been given about the fate and future of humanity? Well, I, I've really been shown uh, two separate scenarios. Um, uh, one is where we don't really sort of get our act together uh, and we don't move to, uh, we don't understand that the, the way we're treating each other is not the way forward. Uh, and that I've been shown um, a scenario, uh, a very, very vivid scenario of where uh, the planet Gaia has released uh, DMT into the atmosphere. Now, uh, uh, an experience of DMT uh, that didn't last two or three hours, it's like a very vivid uh, ayahuasca ceremony, but one that would last between seven and eight days. Oh. Now, um, if anybody's had a very, very uh, vivid ayahuasca ceremony and it's lasted two to three hours, you come out of that a changed person and, and very, very tired and exhausted. So you can imagine that if humanity was hit with this 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 experience that lasted eight days, that um, very few people would come out of it. Uh, and in this case, I was shown the way that uh, Gaia uh, would would basically balance away all the pollution, etc., uh, and get rid of uh, the people that uh, didn't serve uh, the planet and didn't understand the symbiotic relationship between mankind, the animals, the plants and the planet. Um, another scenario, I was shown that um, uh, uh, basically a growing state of um, understanding the consciousness of the planet is almost as though the, the hundred monkey effect had happened. And uh, as certain people opened up and became aware of uh, reaching this state of grace that uh, we, we hopefully will become, then and that would just have a ripple effect. And it was as though, you know, once the light bulbs have gone up, uh, you know, gone on in uh, a, a million or two million people, then suddenly these light bulbs of understanding and beauty and grace and unconditional love and tenderness and respect would suddenly just flash on in the whole of humanity. And they would just completely wake up. Okay. Uh, and it was a very beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Do you feel that the way the world is right now, there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of people question whether or not there is a God. They say, well, why would a God allow this and all this war and pain and anguish and anxiety? But from a metaphysical, maybe deeper spiritual perspective, you look at saying, well, all these things are here for people to have an opportunity to go through them. Do you feel from your experience and what you've come to know about the medicine and what you've come to know about evolution that if humanity were to make this big leap and we were to improve, were to become all loving, that this place would basically lose its value in terms of the evolutionary scale for people to, to come and grow because they didn't have well, – it was too mm. peaceful. Well, I, I, I don't think so. I think that, that uh, mankind will have gone through its phase of uh, learning by the, the, the University of Hard Knocks. And once this new uh, level of, of, of uh, peace comes along, then that's a whole new different teaching that people will have to learn. Okay. And in terms of how many years humanity has existed, have you seen another person, have you seen another period of time where Gaia 
did attempt to take back her planet or did have the release of DMT in another period of time throughout human history. Human history, they, they come to know, I mean, I guess in, in the modern world, they think hum, humans are only maybe 100,000 years old. But in terms of the eternal spirits, in terms of, you know, apparently humans are trillions of years old and we've existed throughout various lifetimes. So has have anything like that ever happened throughout our existence with um, well, I've, I've not seen that, but uh, it's my understanding, and this comes from the teachings of Stuart and uh, uh, other teachers that, that I have uh, come into contact with, is that every 25 to 50,000 years, sometimes just 15,000 years, man go, mankind goes through this cycle of which it sort of uh, builds builds up, becomes, you know, creates this beautiful environment and subsequently then sort of loses that and then recreates that again. So it's almost as though we all meet up every 15 to 50,000 years uh, and, and go through a, a similar scenario. Why we keep coming back, I, I really couldn't say. Maybe it's because we didn't get it right the previous time. But uh, I, I'm certainly not an authority on that. Uh, and you are very close with Stuart Wilde. And yeah. he, he, anyone who listens to the show knows how uh, much we love him and how we hold him in the highest regards. What do you feel, from your perspective, his role was in this lifetime? And have you seen him since he's passed? And uh, what's, he, what's he up to? <laughs> well, um, I... I have seen him twice. Uh, these are in visions, and they were when I was on ayahuasca. Um, and uh, he is in a, a very loving and mischievous place. Mischievous? He's mischievous, yes. He, he was mischievous in life, and he was, had a wonderful and wicked sense of humor. And he's really looking, looking down. Uh, when I saw him both times, he was really looking down and sort of just smiling at the absurdities that we all managed to get up to as we go through our day-to-day -day lives. Um, uh, his role was one of a, a, what all I can say is it was a liberator. He taught people how to break free from the matrix, the system, and to not live in fear, and to dream and achieve their dreams. And uh, that's quite a remarkable thing. He sadly, you know, we, we had many conversations in the, in the months before he died. And he, he reflected on his life and, and kept saying he would never leave a legacy. Um, and I used to say, no, that's absolutely wrong. Look at all the people that you, you've, you've helped. And um, his legacy is, is, is everywhere amongst the people that met him. Um, it's in the Hooded Sage and Chris Krebtrick and Chris's wonderful um, writings. Um, it's in all the people that are out there continuing to work and, and um, living what is is living in in the best way possible. And Stuart had this 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 wonderful vision of the return Camelots, the Ptolemac, as he called it. Uh, and this is a a, a world where uh, every Everyone treats each other with tenderness, respect and generosity. People look at each other and see the best, not the worst. And it is an idea and it's an idea that anybody can be part of. All you need to do is resonate with the, the, the feeling of unconditional love and service to humanity and each other. And that is a legacy that will last forever. Uh, perhaps Stuart didn't create it, but he made it aware, made us aware of it. And he um, just allowed us to believe in ourselves and believe in something better. Uh, and Tom, what do you want your legacy to be or what do you feel the world will remember you as? <laughs> um, I would prefer to leave no footprint. Um, I just uh, hope that all the people that I come into contact with um, benefit from from everything that I do. And as I benefit from from meeting them, because it's the people that we meet that make us a better person or more importantly, the people that we meet who make us want to be a better person. Mr. Tom Lichman, that was a great interview. Thank you so much. It was a total honor to have you on our show today, Tom. Um, Ryan, it's a privilege and a pleasure. It's so good to con uh, to to uh, to uh, be in contact. You know, it's been a, a while, and I really do look forward to seeing you soon in the future. Too. 
Joining us now is globally respected psychic medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. You can learn more about Miss O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss O'Connor, what are your thoughts and experiences with ayahuasca? I see ayahuasca, Ryan, as an amazing healing um, plant that has come to this earth, has been around this earth for, for eons. The shamans have been working with it forever to because um, they understand the properties. The ayahuasca can open you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I've heard people that have been severely depressed, suicidal, have gone to ayahuasca, and then they, um, in one experience, they left and they became um, world-renowned writers. And they had, they released a creative block and they got released their depression. In my own personal experience, I've had physical healings down from my back down to I was just showing, telling you about. Um, I saw an energy around my breast and I and I saw a release in my breast and I knew that. It helped me not have to go through a period of having breast cancer. So it works on all the levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It's a gift for everybody on the earth right now to be able to tap in and connect to the energy. She's a, she's an unbelievable healing plant. Okay. Now, what is is ayahuasca? Is that Gaia? Is that a, is that a, is that an, is that an extension yeah. of Gaia, or is, is ayahuasca a uh, entity unto itself which exists on? Uh, I've see it as a little bit of both, Ron. You could say that everything's connected, and especially in the earth, everything that's divinely connected to earth is um is connected to Gaia. But the eye is known as the grandmother, and she does have her own properties. Think of it as um her own thumbprint or signature. In the, if you looked at the signature of Gaia, it looks like this blueprint with all these symbols. And so part of the symbols, you can see the ayahuasca symbol in it, but she does have her own unique um, thumbprint, her own signature. And she's a living spirit that she calls people. I was called to go to Ecuador. I was sitting on my back porch. A friend of mine was going, and I had this other friend that's like, Carrie, you already see and stuff. Why were you going? You know, because a lot of people have psychic opening. And I was on the fence about um, going down to Ecuador, and uh, all of a sudden I saw this um, this symbol drop out of the sky, and it looked like the, it was a plant dancing to me, and it was a purple and blue, and it had it was doing this like DNA symbols, and it was it did this beautiful dance, and it would absolutely told me that it was time for me to physically experience it. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm just and I guess I like to know, and everyone else would like to know that you're already seeing intense visualizations. You already have a much heightened sense of perception. Yeah. What did ayahuasca do? You're already highly sensitive perceptions or ability to perceive various information. It opened me up. Up even further I and that's what a friend of mine said to me. he's like I don't know care you see on such levels and you were born without you know having the um your sight psychic eye open and the only way I could describe it Ryan is imagine going in and you go into like a uh, one of those tv shows uh, stores and you see 50 gazillion tvs all over on the um, lineup to sell and usually they have them on the same channel imagine going in there and seeing all different channels and that that means different dimensions and you're as you stand in there ayahuasca helps you you understand it immediately. It's like complicated um, information that you could get in, but you understand it in uh, like a, a blink of an eye. So remembering is really what it is. So ayahuasca, I know I've done many lifetimes and worked with the plants. I was so, shown that. And I know that um, when getting reconnected with her, it absolutely, I had such a heart, heart connection with her. And she really helped me personally to get more connected to my heart energy and open up the sacred heart. And that was our, you could say, our agreement because I teach and talk about the sacred heart um, energy and that she was profoundly helped me to anchor into a different way than I was holding it. So she teaches, she's amazing teaching, amazing, amazing teaching. Okay. I want to go on a little bit more about a person's personal experience with ayahuasca. There's some people that do it that have these intense visualizations. They, they travel to various places. They know they're in different realities. Others don't see any yep. visualizations. Some people mm -hmm. feel bouts of peace and joy. Some people don't feel that. Some people feel the opposite. Some feel like they, maybe they're tracked into a particular dark place. First off, right. what are the, can you please discuss a little bit about the wide range of effects that I just relayed and why a particular reason why a person would experience every degree of that level, um, positive or negative? 
The ayahuasca, Ryan, is self-regulating, self-directing, and she knows exactly where to go. So some people, they might not see anything and have the, and not any visual experiences, but they have a profound heat and healing. And sometimes they don't even know they got the healing until they go home and all of a sudden they say, gosh, my usually when I travel, my back hurts me and I notice my back's not hurting me. Sometimes it's a, a teaching that unfolds in their mental body. So let's say that they had a lot of fear around money, and so they do the ayahuasca and they had it's like a seed that got planted in their energy field to release their mental problems with um holding patterns with money and then all of a sudden they it again unfolds and they realize that they changed and shifted their um their their whole energy with money so everyone's experience is unique but ayahuasca and i say this to people it cannot not work i've seen people especially in a big circle when you do a sharing and everyone's talking about oh i saw celestial things and and energies and i was tube traveling and other people felt like charlie brown like they got a rock oh i didn't get anything and i always go up to those people and say it cannot not work you know sometimes visions can get in the way you know with uh the Shamans always teach that the um, we're a visual society and we like to get the the visualizations. But when in my own teaching, I I I see, feel, sense, and hear. All my portals have to be open. It's just not only the sight. So everyone experiences it differently, but they have to. You really want to understand that it cannot not work on you. And I've I myself have been into the darker worlds where I went through this whole period of a night of worthiness or unworthiness, and I saw lifetimes of lifetimes. I just sat there running. My hand was on my. I was bending down like almost like a knight in my um I just felt like I couldn't put my shoulders worth and I saw the generational patterns handed down in my family of unworthiness and then I saw lifetimes of unworthiness beating yourself up hard hard on yourself and I was in that cycle until I finally said enough you know so and it taught me as soon as I said enough Ryan it was like that um TV channel changed it shifted and all of a sudden I saw and I felt so expansive so Aya is self-regulating, self-directing. She knows exactly what you need. And um, just trust and allow her to bring you to that space of um, of knowing she's going to do exactly what you need. You cannot not get healing from her. No, you said that some people do it and, it and maybe it has an impact on them each time. Is there a particular cap to how many times a person will, will need to do it? I mean, is there a cap on how much healing you will need to do in this lifetime? Or can you do ayahuasca you know, indefinitely or just keep on doing it and you'll always progress in a different direction? I'm seeing that you could always do that. Or you know what I find that's interesting for myself in particular is that I reached a period where I was doing I was traveling to Ecuador and all the places a lot. And then all of a sudden this happens to me. It sounds like a an oven timer going ding and I know that I'm physically topped off where I don't need something for I don't need to physically take it in right now I'm not saying down that road I might not you know I might be drawn to take it physically but I've made enough energetic cords where I could go in meditation Ryan and call the energy of ayahuasca to me me and trip like go on a, um, a journey just as much as if I physically took the plant right and we people can make the sacred contracts um, contacts with the Aya and that's what she wants people to know you make a contact with me and you make a connection with me and that you could draw on that experience and then you could bring yourself back right into the Aya experience so I don't feel there's a cap I know some people that have done one um, experience one journey and they feel like they're um, they're good to go for a long time and they know also know other people that um that do it quite regularly and they just see it as an integral part of their their healing and so they have no plans on stopping it so it's very individual but i know for myself right now i could go into a space where i it's just i could even have the purging as if i were um uh taking the plant physical purging when i didn't physically take it take it in i said people You've mentioned travel all across the world to experience ayahuasca, and they go out into the jungle and they do things. Are there like particular places that you, you recommend for people to go? Like, how can they learn what are, what is a safe? What are some of the indications of a safe ayahuasca ceremony? You really want to investigate because a lot of people call them shaman shamans that some people go in and they studied a bit of um, shamanism and then all of a sudden that they're the shaman shamans. So you do want to make sure you investigate who is holding space for the person. Make a connection. And if you can't physically make a connection, then Skype, gather, talk to other people that have been in that experience Trust your own intuition, get into your heart space and meditate on it because every group is different 
and there are some groups that the people can be centered from the heart, but it's just not the, the person for you. So you want to do your homework and make sure that you're with a group that takes it um, sacred. This is a sacred journey. And some people think, oh, I'm going to go down and trip. And it's like, you know, they uh, think it's like a druggy party. That's not the way the people hold it at all. There is a ceremony to it. There's a, a sacredness. I, I was even going to say the word seriousness. And it's not about pomp and circumstances. There's such um, admiration for this sacred plant that does such profound healing that it's not just like a party favor so you do want to go in there with that attitude yourself personally taking that sort um, that journey most people if they don't they put you on a diet beforehand what medications you should or should not be on if somebody doesn't have that i would question that you know so there's preparation before preparation after so you want to see if they have um after connections like so let's say you go home and all of a sudden you're having all these revelations and um issues come up that are um when you go home do you have a support system and then or do they just kind of you know you go there and you, you shut the door and leave and they don't have any group support after and not to hold your hand because it is an individual process but you really want to make sure that the shaman ask around to hear other people's experience because i've heard of some really rather um alarming scary um uh, situations where people, the shaman, per, uh, did, they didn't have a high regard for it in that they were given this medicine to people. And um, some people had really not very good, wonderful experiences because the person was not, didn't understand the sacredness and also where the, this medicine can take certain people. And that if they don't have training in that, I would want to know how many, how long people have had training. They don't have to have lifetimes, but you don't want them to have a certificate um, from a weekend training either. Last question I have for you, Ms. O'Connor, is this, is when a person takes ayahuasca, can that permanently impact their vibrational frequency for the duration of the rest of their life? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, Ryan. I've seen it where it has, like, just imagine, uh, it increased their vibration and it plugged them in so they could be holding a higher frequency and that they don't lose that plug. Absolutely. Ms. Carrie O'Connor. Thank you so much for your great analysis and interview about ayahuasca. And to learn more about Ms. Carrie O'Connor, please go to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Thank you so much, Ms. O'Connor. Thank you, Ryan. It's always my pleasure. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth. Special thanks to our two amazing featured guests, Tom Lishman and Carrie O'Connor, who's also one of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth radio show Virtues. And special thanks to our other two Virtues, Ms. Lisa Kaza and Ms. Constance Dallas. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care and thank you so much for listening.